Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everyone, it's been a couple of months since I started Come For Supper and we've had some new listeners so thank you for tuning in and thank you to everyone who's listened so far. I thought it would be nice to go back and have a listen to some of my favourite episodes. So this week we are going to go back and listen to Manon La Greve. Hey everyone and welcome to Come For Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook, and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food, chat about life, and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. For our first episode, we have the wonderful Manon Legrève, who was a recent contestant on The Great British Bake Off and can make a mean tartatin. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, and tell your friends, as it makes all the difference. This is a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Come For Supper. This week we have a wonderful guest and a good friend of mine, a brilliant cook and a star baker with a love for French cuisine. She was also a recent quarter finalist of The Great British Bake Off. She is Manon Lagreve. Did I say your surname right? Yeah, I did. Well done. My French isn't amazing, but you know, I like you to practice. Well, yes. <laughs> so how are you, wherever you come from today? I'm very good, thank you. Very excited to be here with you. Thank you, thank you for coming. No, no pleasure. <laughs> uh, I was just at home I baked a cake this morning. You baked a cake this morning? Yes. It's, I mean, it's, it's, we're not far in the day. That's very impressive. I know. I mean, the sponges were done by 9am. I was up very early this morning. So yeah. That great, great British Bake Off stamina has stuck through. Exactly. <laughs> so let's go back to kind of a little bit of your life history, because we know a lot about you from the television, mm-hmm. but let's go back to your childhood. You were born in France, raised yes. in Brittany on mm-hmm. a, on a farm. Mm-hmm. Was yes. food something that you always loved? Was it something you were kind of surrounded by? Yeah, I think, you know, with a kind of family that we're having lunch and we're discussing what we're going to have for dinner, like food has always been, you know, everywhere. Like, so my mom and dad, they have an egg farm. My uncle has a vineyard. The other one has a milk farm. We have like two restaurants, a butcher, a baker. Literally, this is just close family. Wow, it's like the simple life. Yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. And, but it's funny, you know, because at home, like, food was always it's just normal like you know mom would make food for like 20 without a sweat Mm -hmm. just you know every Friday and you know at home we always had I don't know maybe I'm going too much into details now no keep going with the details we love details you know when I we when we thought about things it was so funny whenever there was a dinner party at home essentially mom was a cook and dad was a maitre d'. So dad was organizing everything, so wine, uh, set the table, organize us kids. So we always used to have to make the appetizers. So then you could eat like one or two on the slide or 10 because essentially we were always very hungry. Um, and then, yeah, and you know, that's, that was like the dynamic of home. And it's so funny really we're thinking about it now um, because yeah, you know, it's, 
it's just we just grew up and it was just normal and I think that's really when I came to the UK when I was like making a cake or serving dinner people were like oh my god that's amazing and I was like uh, really you know that was easy yeah you were just brought up like that exactly so how old were you when you came to London what brought you here so I was 19 when I came here and I came here as an au pair mm-hmm. so I worked well, kind of worked, but I lived as a family for 10 months, which was amazing. Could you speak English already? Because your English is incredible. Way oh, better than my you. French. No. <laughs> I mean, seven years. Um, I like, you know, I learned English at school, just like everyone. Yeah. But I think, you know, the English accent and the understanding on people was like so hard. I couldn't really understand anything. So it was... Yeah, kind of, I spent like six months, you know, smiling and saying yes. Yeah, <laughs> like what I do when I'm in France. Exactly, yeah, but... I think it was amazing and I really learned to speak English with the kids because they were just starting mm-hmm. to learn how to speak and it was awesome and I think I just fell in love with London like and then yeah I had to go back home to finish my studies and I just came back because I was like I've got nothing to lose I want to be here. And what was your first job in London? So I worked as a temp so I arrived into this company which was a conference company and so I was temping doing like database work which was terrible but like my English wasn't that great I had no idea what invoice meant and I was (laughs) in the like a you know credit department Mm -hmm. we used to get payment and then after three months they employed me and I remember sitting there I was like I have no freaking idea of what we're doing but I'm gonna do it and then they believed in me and you know in a year I got assistant manager then trained everyone and then boom you know and that was that yeah which was awesome and last year, as we all know, you entered the Great British Bake Off. Were you always a fan? Did you watch it? Yeah, I think it's definitely one of the first shows that I've watched here. Okay. Uh, I have memories of so me and my one of my best friends, Charlotte, that you know we live together now. We used to have this tradition where we would watch it and I would make um, cheese toasties with like um, sweet potato fries and honey. And Ooh, we would yum. watch Bake Off. Oh, yeah, that's we love cheese and sweet potato fries. Also, the benefit of living with a chef, definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at what, how was it? I mean, did you love it? Yeah, and I think it's so funny because with Charlotte, every time she would be like, Oh, what would you make? Mm-hmm. And literally, I have this vivid memory of la- last year, well, it's the year before, of literally, she would always tell me, What would you do? And I was like, Oh, maybe, you know, I would do that. And thinking, like, Oh, it's hard when you think about it. What would I do? Yeah. You mean for kind of the showstopper and yes, things ex- like that. Exactly. And yeah, and all like all of my friends that we were like, you should do it, apply. So I did apply one year, two years before. Yeah. But you know, when you feel like things are not, I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's fine. And then what I did, I started my website, my blog, where I shared more recipes and I really got into the baking because I felt like there were some things that I really liked and wanted to do more. And then, you know, I kind of, I had a breakup and then I stopped everything. And then I started again and that's really, I was like, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. Let's just apply for Bake Off. That's so exciting. Were you really excited when you got admitted? Because not, obviously everybody, lots of people are apply, but not everybody gets yeah. to go on the show. So like, I mean, this, I think there's about 12,000 people application. And even literally, again, I remember that day when I received an email and be like, hey, thank you for your application. We want to give you a call. So I print screen and I send it to all my girlfriend. Like, oh, oh my God. And initially, you know, every, I know you meant not to say anything to anyone, but because it's quite a long, lengthy, like for three months, literally my life was just audition, okay. bake off audition. 
and you just so you of, have to audition before you go on oh yeah so there's quite wow. a few things that you have to do a lot of loopholes yeah kind of rings yeah. to jump through that's what you say exactly exactly um and then yeah and then I had the final call when I was in Rome with my parents and yeah so like you're gonna be on the show I was like okay this is the first four recipes you have to develop and then wow. you're like whoa and were you working at the time? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's hard work, I think, for people who have to maintain families and jobs mm. and come up with kind of six towered biscuit cakes and <sighs> then it was funny, funny things. Like, I think I told this story before, but I really actually, I'm quite a confident person and I'm a positive person. But I think when Bake Off happened, it was, I was very busy with work. I just had a promotion, which was amazing. And I was very proud of this and loved my job. But then obviously I had this and I got, to, I remember I did my biscuit selfie. It was the first, which was the first episode of Bake Off. And I looked at it and I just like start crying. I was like, wow, this is so not Bake Off style. Like it was terrible. <laughs> I would show you, it was terrible. And then literally I called my parents, I called my sister. I was like, you know what? Maybe they just thought I was good. Like they just liked the idea of me being French and da da da. I can't do it. And I spoke to a few of my friends and they were like, you can do it because the difficult thing is you don't know what you compare yourself to. to. And I think in our life now, you see so many things and you can compare yourself, which is not the best thing, but you can be like, okay, I'm kind of at this level, which I'm fine with. But before you get into the show, you have no idea. Yeah, you've no idea what everybody else is going to do. No, literally no idea. Uh, So yes, I had a breakdown, but I was like... Biscuit breakdown. Biscuit breakdown. I did it again and I was like, okay, that looks a bit less like a four years old job. Mm-hmm. Even if I spent five hours to do it. Um, and then, yeah. And then obviously I went on it and I followed and got more comfortable. And Yeah, you were fantastic to watch as well. Oh, was that the most you. challenging challenging part then, the, the biscuit breakdown? Or I was going to ask what was the most challenging part of, of the show? Because as fun as it yeah. was, I'm sure it had its kind of stressful moments. Like... I have to say, I think I'm not really a stressful person. I think the hardest was being judged. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... By Paul. Yes. Yeah. And like, I, you know, it's kind of when you're at school, when you get marked. I'm very, uh, my worst competition is myself. And I think when you put something in front of someone, like, you know, you love food. We love food. And we cook or we bake because we love it and we want to make people happy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I bake. And making something that someone is going to, judge and you know sometimes obviously I'd agree but sometimes you would kind of disagree and it's very subjective you know subject so yes a being judge was the hardest thing and also I think for the week I left was also really hard because I really loved just a bake I called it always a bake of bubble because it was amazing team amazing people and it was just yeah people loved really everyone was passionate about food and I think it was really the first time and what made me realize, yeah, I'm actually really passionate about that thing, that food, putting things together and making something good. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, we're here to talk a little bit about supper. I want to know what people are, should expect when they come for supper. Um, so, it's funny because if I was living in France, you'll definitely have a starter, a main, a dessert. Mm-hmm. But I think, and if you go at mom's, it's always start a main dessert, lunch or dinner. But I think here, first we have less time. And secondly, people are more used to get one main dish. So I think I usually do one main dish, either 
I mean, I love quiche. I love making quiche and salad, which mm-hmm. is quite light and delicious and, and easy. French, quiche Lorraine. Exactly. Or I love like, you know, easy one pot meal um, because also I have, well, Charlotte, she's vegetarian, so I would probably do that more. And there's always going to be dessert because that's okay. my favorite Dessert part. fan, I was going to ask that. Yes. You know, it's, I was in Canada not long ago and we literally had this feast, which was mad. And then dessert came. And usually everyone was looking at me, I've eaten so much. And they were like, can you eat? I was like, I've got this second stomach here. Yeah, yeah, the dessert <laughs> stomach. I always used to say that as a child. You have to save that room. There's always room for pudding. I know, yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's something that humans, we crave the sweet thing. Oh, yeah? So you will always have, until that kind of mm. element has been satisfied, you won't feel satisfied. Okay, interesting. That's, that's kind of the belief. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I, I definitely believe that. Ah, uh, Yes. <laughs> so always serve pudding what yes. kind of what are your kind of fail safe puddings um fail safe pudding okay you know when people ask me this question i always have so many ideas like mm-hmm. that come through my head and oh what are you excited about making at the moment what kind of puddings or cakes uh, or what's in your in your mind or your to-do list like, I don't know what at the moment, because we're starting to be spring, mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot into like panna cotta, mousse, um, or like a bit more like airy dessert. Yeah, lovely light, summery. Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and also I think, because I do a lot of like cakes, so that I have to deliver, or small cupcakes or patisserie, I don't do many um, dessert on the plate. And I think it's, it's actually quite different from like constructing a dessert in a plate for a plate you have much more uh fluidity of doing something a bit different but i think because i usually have to take over what i do i'm kind of constrained by what i'm doing so like a lot of tar- i do a lot of tarts mm-hmm. um a lot of yeah a lot of cakes and small things that i can transport easily yeah what's your view on ready rolled pastry oh i love it you love it okay because i know you you know i know that you make everything from scratch yeah and you're a keen cook. I'm also a keen cook. And I I will normally make my pastry from scratch. But I always say, you know, you can buy yeah. ready roll pastries. Especially with puff pastry. Exactly. Uh, to be honest, before I got into the show, I've never made a puff pastry. Yeah, it's a long lethargic because process, Because I was like, oh my God, that's a waste of time. Yeah. But we see now because that's my job. <laughs> I have more time to do it. And obviously I've always enjoyed it. But I also realize that it's not actually complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, mum, we always have ready wool pastry at home. Literally, yeah. I think, and maybe that's why I love quiche so much because when we got to an age where we could actually cook, which was like 10 or something, so mum and dad, they would always be super busy and, you know, they would want, I mean, go home and dinner was served and we would make quiche. Like, mm-hmm. literally, I can do anything from whatever is left. Yeah, which like is a fridge forage Yes, which is my favourite thing to do. I need to try your quiche, clearly. Yeah, we need have to, to do, do yes. <laughs> and so, yeah. I'm sure you've been to many dinner parties at home or with friends. Has there been kind of one that really stuck out for you? I have, again, this vivid memory of my mum and dad, they've always had people around. And you know, when you're a kid, we like 10 and you just want to go out and play. But there was this, my parents actually uh, best friends, that their conversation was always amazing. So we always would stay at the table. And I th- we would stay until like 1am. And again, we were that. just 10 and... It's just, again, I think, you know, when you grow up, you just realize what your parents did and stuff. And I'm um, like, we're so lucky because we always had minded, amazing people in our house that we could, you know, listen to what they were talking and they traveled. And 
so yes, I think this a lot of like dinner parties I'm at home with my parents' best friends were like such good memories and and even now like you know whenever we go we always go to see them they're kind of like my friends as well mm-hmm. you know they'll be at my wedding so nice. as just friends even if they're like 70 but yeah. still it's cool that i think yeah. a mix of age age is always ah, great at a dinner party yeah the conversation is so much more ah, interesting exactly yeah so you're a bit of a french baton or like baton for a ba- you know french cooking which a lot of people think as kind of stuffy or overcomplicated, maybe a bit old-fashioned, but you're you're definitely trying to kind of bring bring it back and, and show that it's something that's quite simple and delicious. You have your YouTube channel, Manon's Little Kitchen, yes. where you do have a great video on how to make a quiche Lorraine. <laughs> yes. Anybody needs wants, yes. needs a tip or needs a helping hand. What's your kind of like, what are you trying to do with French food? And obviously you love it. Obviously you're French, mm-hmm. you, know, you have this kind of connection with it. And it is, you know, the some people say the best cooking mm-hmm. in the world. What, do you think that? I mean, Italian are quite up there mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, Italian's also good. And I think now I travel the world a little bit more. Oh, this, I can't choose what is my favourite. Um, but, you yeah, know, to come back to kind of French cuisine, it's kind of funny because when, again, when I came to London, obviously there's people are like, oh, French, oh, it's so fancy. Oh, let me pay... 50 pound for this dinner and I was like what really you know I think at home like my mom again she had three kids you know no one to have we always had start our main dessert lunch dinner and it was easy like nothing you know I think it's just simple ingredients you know what you put in it and that's really what I want to do is like bring back people like it doesn't have to be fancy like I don't know why and also I think back in the 90s it was very like trendy to like French dinner party and I think now because you have all of these amazing colorful cuisines that are coming through which is more instagramable it's that uh, instagramable instagramable <laughs> instagramable and <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like that's why people have turned down on their French cuisine yeah uh, because of this um but you yeah, know really what I'm trying to show is you know my website and my youtube is that it's easy it can be super colorful delicious and you know yeah I don't know, that's what I want to. And also, like, I always, I'm a true believer of you eat and as long as you're happy with eating, like, you're going to be fine. Like, French people, we eat a lot of bread, we eat a lot yeah. of butter. And it's not, div- like, I never, I hate when people are like, oh, you know, I'm trying to not eat that much or, um, div- how do you say, a devil, like... De- uh, uh- um, demonize demonize when people demonize ingredients yes like demonizing gluten or dairy or exactly. sugar exactly. or refined sugar my pet hate actually refined sugar yes yeah. as in demonizing it as my pet hate yeah. yeah demonizing it I'm with you there yeah so so yeah so that's why I'm trying to show people that a balanced diet can be French full of butter cream delicious um, and that you can still be healthy because healthy doesn't mean thin or doesn't mean mm. uh you know, very toned and stuff. It means actually your heart is healthy, your everything intestine, e- everything is healthy. And I think that's one of the most important thing. Like I eat to fuel myself and to fuel my body. Mm-hmm. And also because I just love it. You love food. Yeah, I've heard you say that the more butter, the better. Exactly. <laughs> that's my motto. I like that motto. <laughs> yeah. You're also a runner. You recently yeah. ran a half marathon mm-hmm. for for cancer, cancer research, research mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible fueled by butter i'm presuming yes, exactly but again so my parents are big marathonian mm-hmm. we actually did a two half marathon together as a family wow. with my brother and sister 
Um, and, and again, the same, you know, they never, they've done like 30 marathons and run 100 kilometers and they're amazing like sport people, but they never dieted. They never stopped alcohol for anything. Um, and they just, you know, lived and always eaten homemade full yeah. food. And I think that's one of the most important thing, homemade. Mm-hmm. And know what you put inside what you're eating. I agree, is... definitely. And also, I think food is about enjoyment, really, isn't it? Oh, exactly. Like, literally, I don't know, me and my sister, we used to be able to eat so much as teenagers because, you know, you're growing and stuff. And it's so funny, my uncle that is a butcher and also has a catering business, whenever he would come home, he would bring a tray of uh, potato dauphinoise mm-hmm. because we just love it. So literally, we just cut it in half in the oven and me and my sister would be just like slurping in and just eating all. That's a brilliant, brilliant (laughs) one. Have you done a YouTube video on that? I feel like people need to see that. I know. I would definitely like a tutorial on that. So I'm I'm definitely going to petition for that. Every year that's for Christmas, me and my sister, we are on the Duffinoise. On the Duffinoise potatoes. (laughs) So where else do you look for inspiration? I know that you've spoken about kind of all the different flavors and cuisines. You just got back from Morocco, from Marrakesh, which Mm -hmm. is fantastic for for cooking. Where do you find your inspiration for kind of coming up with new flavors and recipes? I think, as you said, obviously, like travel is, you know, amazing. And I also love to look into the season. I always kind of... You know, it's quite funny because French season and English season is quite different. Mm. So, for example, there's a bit of a delay on it. it. Yeah, exactly. And also what you can find in the shop here compared to what you can find in France is slightly different. So it's funny when, you know, when I told mum, oh, yeah, we have a lot of rhubarb at the moment. And mum was like, oh, really? Mine hasn't grown yet. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. And pears, you get pears and apples for a lot longer in France. The season stretches. Exactly. Um, so yes, you know what I'm trying to look into, you know, what's in season and I just, I think, you know, as you like, we food creative and I think when we see something, you just straight away in like 10 seconds, you're like, oh, I could do this or, you know, you just get very excited about, oh, you know, I love like nutty, so I love pistachio and almond and I think any kind of fruits can kind of like go with it. So you're just playing with this from my, you know, basic recipes and just add some things or um so yeah just seeing things I'm very visual I like to see things obviously I'm very lucky is that you know I get invited to a lot of amazing restaurants here mm-hmm. and it's always again no one has created anything like I mean I don't believe I'm like invented something yeah it's repetition though isn't it exactly and it's also like making something yourself mm-hmm. and you know as you like you have your style of cooking I have my style of cooking and it's knowing how to take this you know inspiration and make it your own give it your own twist on it I definitely believe that food is essentially just kind of a language really isn't it it's just a form of expression so mm-hmm. I think it's it's a great way to kind of express exactly yourself yeah what about so you mentioned restaurants what about your favorite restaurants in London oh in London yeah okay just a few okay no, I'm sure it's a long list um Il Bordello in okay. Wapping which is an amazing Italian place I have never been there or heard oh, of it my god it's always full. Okay. Always busy. It's quite big, run by like an old Italian family. Lots of Italians go there. Lots of Italian. That's a good sign. I did the test. I was on a trip to Tuscany. So we went for dinner there before, compared to Tuscany. It's pretty good. Really? Pretty good I'm going to have to get to Wapping. Oh, yeah, it's so nice. I love this place. Um, other places in London. You know, I think for me, like, yes, it's about the food, but it's also about how I'm feeling. I'm not really good with like snazzy. Is that how you say? Snazzy. Snazzy, snazzy. places. Um, because again, maybe it's me being a bit of a snob, but in in France for like 20 euros, you get amazing food. 
actually, I'm going to mention this restaurant that I love, which is called Frenchie mm-hmm. in Covent Garden. Yeah, it's brilliant. The doozies, they have like a lunch for like 22 pounds, mm-hmm. I think, which I think it's, you know, amazing. Like, and maybe, yeah, and I think sometimes people miss the point on this kind of thing, thinking that more expensive it is, better it's going to yeah. be. I've been disappointed by some French restaurant where the bill was like, you know, 500 pounds and you kind of like, mm. when you cook, you kind of know. Yeah, you know what goes into it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the atmosphere is so important. Oh, I was going to mention Brasserie Zadel. Have you been to Brasserie yes, Zadel? Yes, yes, Also yes. really good, fun, yeah. electric. Exactly. And this is, literally, I remember when I went, I was like, this is like home. And you know, really? it's God, authentic. I wish, I wish it was like my home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, this is like a French brasserie in yeah. Paris, you know, yeah. which was actually... Lots of energy. Exactly, which was like lovely to see. What about people? Because I think often, you know, people like like you or like me or people who love to cook, we have kind of certain idols. You know, I have, you know, it might be like Nigella or Rick Stein or... Elizabeth David have, have there been people who have kind of shaped your kind of cooking journey in a, in a way like those inspirational figures um I think you know now obviously with the full world of Instagram I could think about you know Cédric Grolet which is an amazing mm-hmm. French patissier that you know created all of the things but actually in terms of like growing up inspirational I would say as I mentioned, like, you know, my cousin, he's a baker, like he won the best baguette in Paris and delivers a president for a year. Wow. Uh, like he's amazing. So passionate about what he does. My other cousin, he was a chef in New York for like 10 years and worked in Michelin Star Restaurant. And again, my other uncle, Vineyard, like I think really my family is really my inspiration and they just, yeah, passionate about what they do. And I think that's, and also they're passionate, but they also don't actually worry about all of this internet bubble so where i'm from it's quite small and people love food and so their aim is just to make good food and reputation and they don't really care about what else whatever it's just about the simple things yeah food you want to eat exactly the best kind of food exactly and mommy's always worried there's not enough food so there's always a lot <laughs> i love of that food. that's so good i'm a bit like that yeah over same. all it's always better to over cater uh, always yeah. <laughs> what do you think about british food which i know is a difficult one because what is british food these mm-hmm. days but you know classic british like a british fryer or like a sunday roast what, what do you think of yeah. it honestly honestly honest answer. i hate actually when people are like oh you must eat so bad when you live in london and i'm like this is so wrong Actually, I love a fry-up. Like, who doesn't love a fry-up? <laughs> I love a good fish and chips. Yeah, fish and chips is brilliant, I gotta oh, say. We do that fish the and best. Chip is amazing. Sticky toffee pudding is one mm, of my favourite dinner pudding is desserts. Good. So good. Um, I have to say, Sunday roast is not my favourite, but that's, but that's fine. It's not my favourite either, yeah. actually, I have to say. But, like, pies. I love pies. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it's, it's so wrong that we still in that kind of again old school like oh, French food is the best and British food is terrible no come on yeah so you're a fan of the, fan of the, fan yeah. of British food yeah and Frank what's the Francifying because you're you're definitely bringing French yeah. food to kind of the centre of the yeah. table I think yeah. it's really exciting to see what you're doing with British food and mm-hmm. kind of giving it a bit of a French twist yeah. like taking... pie like I love making like a chestnut and chicken pie Yum. You know, it's maybe you won't have much chestnut yeah. here, but it's something that we do have a lot in France. So, yes. You know, things like this. It's really warm yeah. and comforting. Exactly. 
that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you clearly are a woman who likes a challenge. You know, you entered the Great British Bake Off and then did a half marathon. What's the next big challenge for you? Like, what have you set yourself to kind of work towards? Um, I definitely would love to have my own TV show. Yeah. I think that would be my goal for the year. Just broadcasting a bit more my passion for food and giving this kind of young, different view on France because I love travel as well and showing people a different side of France and French food. Yeah, French cooking. Exactly. I would watch that. Ah, I would definitely watch that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is really some things that I'd love to do because, yeah, it's just... I love learning from people and I'm so lucky again to meet amazing people and I feel like I'm witcher every day because I learn something every mm-hmm. day and I think when I watch something on TV it, I want I always obviously you have this kind of you know 20% of the thing I watch is I don't really think but a lot of it I love like oh god I'm not going to say this now but David Attenborough or like you know yeah. things that I learn from and I think I could teach people that I could yeah you, you know, definitely could you know so yes that's my goal that'd be my goal so last kind of two questions I always like to kind of finish to round it up three things that you advise people to always have in their kitchen cupboard to throw together either normally it's kind of a dinner party for you it might be a kind of fantastic dessert it could be whatever you want you can choose but three things you think people should always have in their cupboard what are they I think salt and pepper yeah it's so easy but very good salt is just everything What's your favourite salt? Where do you get your salt from? Are you a Malden girl or a Cornish sea salt girl? So I do love Malden salt, mm-hmm. but I'm from Brittany where we do amazing sel de Garonne salt, okay. which is, you know, fleur de sel, yes. which is very like, oh, you just need a tiny bit and it's delicious. Um, and then I would say butter. Yeah. And French bread. butter. Yeah. Like bread and butter to me is, <laughs> it's always so satisfying and delicious. You can't go wrong. And finally, if I think about my family and my mum and dad, we always love to have a little bit of wine. A little bit of good wine. Yes. Again, French wine? Yes. Yes. The French make everything quite good, don't they, really? I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. Although bre- British to. bread is getting getting great. Yeah, I mean, we are spoiled for bakeries, again, especially think, in London. Uh, I think we're very lucky to live in this amazing city, mm-hmm. London, and there's more cities around England now. But you know what? I think it's a full generation that's starting to be more into food. You know, our grandparents, they just had to feed themselves and our parents it was more the other consumptions uh you know the new microwave and stuff yeah and i think we coming back to the okay what am i eating now yeah it's true you it's know? like it, it's like the bakers the butcher the baker exactly. the candlestick maker exactly. there's a kind of nice nostalgic mm-hmm. element that 100%. makes you feel like you're playing and people are starting to want to make things with their hands because everything yeah. else is digitalized yeah so why do i do with my hands nothing yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I often say that, that we're kind of coming full circle. Exactly, yeah. Which is good because the food is True. definitely better that way. Ah, uh, Much better. God. And then last people, three people that you could have to supper. If you could have anyone in the world, they can be alive, they can be dead, they could be Disney characters, they could be anyone. Who would you have? So, and why? Why would you have them too? So I'll have my late grandpa, Pierre, mm-hmm. because he... Yeah, it was amazing and we miss him very much. And he was always the best at the dinner party and makes the most amazing cider and calvados for us. Gosh, your family, it's a proper food family. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we should just do a Netflix show about your family. Yeah, well, that's essentially <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> um, so yes, bless him. And then I think he would get on so well with David Attenborough. 
Yeah. I love nature. I think I was watching Our Planet yesterday. I haven't started yet. I was going to ask you that. Oh, everyone has been telling me it's the best thing that they've done. And I think it's incredible. You know, I watched the show and I'm like, oh, you know, like, yeah. oh, I love nature. And last, I would love to also have like Marilyn Monroe yes. at the table because there's so many things we don't know. And I think she was such an icon and such a, again, you know, she was size 16 and she really represented this generation. And I think we should learn from her and, you know, how like she was obviously very insecure and she had a lot of health issues. And if she was maybe in with us today, she maybe would have suffered less because people are much yeah, more open about different. that stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so interesting. I think it was such a different time as well, being a woman back then. God. You really were a woman for a man, even yeah. if you were a woman for a woman, Yeah, which I think she was, but yeah. I think she maybe would have been more of a woman's woman today. Yeah. That's so interesting. I know. So, nice. Yeah. That would be an interesting table. What yeah. would you cook them? Oh, where would I cook them? So my grandpa, he always used to peel potatoes for us because we loved my grandpa's fries. So mm-hmm. he'd be on the potatoes and we'd have fries. Yeah, French okay, frites. cool. Frites. French fries. <laughs> um, also, I think I love rabbit. It's one of my favorite okay. meat. So I'll make some meat. Uh, so either I'll roast it or I'll make a ragu with prune. Wow. Because that's so good. Uh and then it's very sustainable as well to eat rabbit. We don't eat rabbit enough in yeah, this country. Yeah. Well, again, it's because my my, my grandma used to grow it, like yeah. have rabbits. Have rabbits and, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then oh, you asked me all this question, and I'm kind of like, and then we'll have yeah, dessert wine, queen. and we'll have dessert, and then we'll have okay. I'll have to go with my favorite patisserie, which is Paris Brest. What's that? You're gonna have to explain it for me and everyone. <laughs> so it is. Because I love praline. I love you know, praline. Hazelnut. Yeah. So it is literally a shoe, which is a circle. So that's like a like like what a profiterole or an eclair is made of. It, that's it's that pastry. It's exactly. Shoe pastry. shoe pastry. Yes. And then it's round because Paris is one of the famous cyclist um, route in France, and uh, actually it's round like a cy- cycling okay. thing uh, because it was made for the Paris and inside is filled with like uh, praline kind of cream buttercream wow yum oh, it's so good and does it have like a little yes top? and on, on top you have like some toasted almonds and stuff yum so good delicious and then <laughs> cheese and then cheese yeah yeah yeah. Um, actually like in, in france well we're not far where i'm from we have this amazing woman that makes this like amazing cheese from around here so i'll have some cheese from her and i love goat cheese goat cheese is my number top. one cheese top yes so yum. i have this Delicious. Well, hopefully one day I get to come around for supper. (laughs) Of course you will. Thank you so much, Fanon, and thank you for coming in. For everybody who, if they're not following you, which they should, where can people (laughs) find you on the internet? Where where are you? Um, So I'm on Instagram. It's Manon Lagreve. Mm Uh, I'm also on YouTube, as you said, Manon's Little Kitchen. And I have my website, which is called the same. And it's also www.manonlagreve.com. Fantastic. And also you're on Twitter as well, aren't you? Yeah, Twitter. I, I've got this void name. It's mmarla35. Okay, mmarla35. Yes. Take note, everyone. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. No, thank and you. thank you to all our listeners for listening. <laughs> Bye-bye. Enjoy supper. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends around for supper. This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.